0: If you're trying to get somebody to invest 100 grand with you, they're justifiably going to want to do some due diligence on you. So if you fake it till you make it, you're going to get found out and you're going to be justifiably labeled as a bullshit artist, right? And who wants to invest with somebody who's a bullshitter? Nobody.
1: You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you wanna live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation, to another episode of the podcast. Sarah, how are you doing?
2: I'm great, I'm great. You know what, this weekend, I went to see some Hamilton properties, Today, I'm going to go see some Brantford properties. I'm working with a joint venture partner that wants to get started. I actually want to to talk about something. One of the things that I would always recommend that you do is get a good inspection. We had this house under contract. We were super excited about it. And then I have this awesome inspector. He came and most of the time he'll find a million things, which is normal because inspectors are meant to find things. And he gives you this like 50 page report but this house was on wood foundation and it was like crumbling apart and they had to try to hide it with some paneling around the house so you wouldn't see except for this little small section. Anyways, there's a ton of stuff. Like the electrical was completely botched. There's a lot of big things. So we ended up being able to back out and yes, it cost us, I don't know, 450 or whatever, 500 bucks, but it was the best 500 bucks that I've oh. spent because it could have cost me thousands and I would have had this issue on my hands moving forward. So. Just I want to add: if you are buying a property, always do the inspection, especially if it's a house that you're. Because this was ideally fairly turnkey, just in the type of strategy that I'm doing with this this specific deal. But it could have cost us fifty to hundred thousand if ever we needed to resell or throughout the next five years. So definitely get your inspections done, people. What about you, Alfonso? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that, that is a huge point. Every single property that we do, there's a home inspection. Even if it is, it, we've done it on new builds, as funny as that sounds, but we always want to go through an inspection. We're looking for certain things, but that inspector that's certified, that's trained, he's going to go and find those things. We could walk through that property for hours that we're not going to uncover the things that he can in a short little time. So yeah, I'm really excited. We just officially hit 100 rent-to-own projects, really pumped up about that. So I've probably been to, I don't know, way more than 100 inspections because we've had to do a lot more deals to look at that, but that that's uh, it's such a key point. and We're really excited to keep growing and to spread the good word of rent-to-own. But today, we're talking to Dave Dubot, who he's been out to our group. He's spoken at our one-year anniversary, and we're coming up on the two-year. And yeah, he's just like a, I call him like the money magnet. He's uh, got a great strategies, and and people that we know have implemented some of the strategies that he's taught to raise money and find capital. And you mentioned now you're doing your first deal with your joint with a joint venture partner. That's amazing, right? So we worked with a lot of joint venture partners. Yeah, Dave, a really great interview. He talks a lot of, about the, the consistent, constant communication is a really great interview. What did do you like about the interview, Sarah?
2: I think it's it's great as different tips. Like if you're somebody that's just getting started and you haven't done your first deal, he provides lots of insights and lots of different things that you can do to, to attract money partners and AKA also people that are going to be able to hold the mortgage potentially as well for you. So I think it's good. Like any, if you're brand new or you've got nine, ten properties like myself or a hundred, like Alfonso, like this this is a really, really good interview for being able to get some insights and some tricks and tips for wherever you are in in the stage of real estate investing. So I really liked the specifics. And this was a two-day course that we took last year and Dave does boot camps and so on. And they're really intensive and you definitely learn a ton. And obviously we only have about half an hour for the podcast. So we tried to get what we can, but definitely he's full of great ideas. And different things and strategies to, to raise capital.
1: Absolutely. And, and I love the story that he talked about that he came from Costa Rica back to Canada because of his young family and he wanted to raise his family in Canada and he didn't have contacts, didn't have a lot of knowledge, didn't know too much about real estate. And for me, I love hearing stories like that because when people come up with those excuses of why they can't do it, it's all in their head. We meet so many amazing people at those events of the Right Club, people that we've talked to on this podcast that they had an obstacle or they had a reason or an excuse that they could have used to say, nah, it's too hard. I can't do it. You got to get past that. There's ways around it. People have found ways to do it. You can do it. So don't let anything stop you. And yeah, really quickly, we're going to talk about it as well too, but jump on the, the rightclubclass.com. Dave's going to be doing a webinar for us is on there as well too. So you can get to the rightclub.com as well, but definitely hit the rightclubclass.com for more info. On the webinar, and he's gonna be doing, uh, I think in Toronto, he said, a class. A one-day as well course. Absolutely. Yeah, one day course. Definitely worth it. But yeah, I'm excited to get to this podcast and the Right Club Nation. I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, let's get to it.
0: All right, let's do it. All right. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Sarah?
2: Very, very good. I'm excited to have you on this podcast. You are also on my Where Should I Invest podcast, but you've got so many great insights and you're part of our Right Club community. You've spoken on our stage before and be doing it again at some point in the future. So we wanted to have you on because you are so knowledgeable. You have so many great insights and we wanted to share that information with our Right Club Nation. So thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Well, thank you for having me and Alfonso. Great to see you too, my friend. And just no pressure there. You're building me up pretty big, but <laughs> I want I want to return some love to you guys as well. So you two and Daniel St. John as well. I mean, hats off to what you're doing with The Right Club, because what you guys have accomplished in such a short period of time is nothing short of amazing. So keep doing what you're doing. And if you're listening to this or watching this podcast and you haven't been to one of The Right Club meetings, make sure you do that right away. It's an amazing club.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words, David. It's hard to believe it's almost a year ago that you were speaking on our stages. our one year anniversary, we were so right at that time. You had spoken to the group at the same community and you had given so much knowledge to us. And and shortly after, I think it was the, that weekend, you had like a full day boot camp. or sorry, a full, yeah, a full weekend boot camp of how to raise money. So why don't you tell the listeners that don't know us or didn't see you on the stage about a year ago, why don't you give them a little bit of background yourself and what, what you do. And yeah, let them get to know a little bit about Mr. Dave Dubot.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much. So uh, again, I'm a real estate entrepreneur. I'm a marketer, an author, a speaker, a marketing consultant who focuses primarily on working with other real estate investors. Man, real estate's been in my blood for a long time. My mother was actually the real estate entrepreneur in our family way back in the day. She built up a portfolio of over 50 doors. That was basically being a single mom, working full time and real estate investing on the side. So kind of grew up in that She built an apartment building from scratch, the whole bit. So I grew up around real estate and it just seemed like normal. I didn't have much to do with it for a while. Then I went through university and ended up living down in San Jose, Costa Rica for about 10 years. That's when I first started dabbling a little bit in real estate. some kind of creative foreclosure type deals. Decided to move back to Canada in 2003. Everybody goes, Dave, you're living in tropical paradise. Why the hell would you move back to Canada? Well, at that time we had two little kids getting towards school age, we thought, you know what, Costa Rica is great, but Canada is a much better place to raise your kids, which I still agree on. So that's why we we came back. But I had to start all over again from scratch. And I didn't really know what to do. I was in a brand new city. I had been self-employed for 10 years, so I was pretty much unemployable. Didn't have much money and no contacts and zero credit because I've been out of the country for so long. So I I don't know if you guys remember because you're so young, but back in the day, there used to be these late night infomercials on TV by the American real estate gurus. One came up and said, hey, how to buy money? How to buy real estate with little or no cash? I said, that's perfect because that's exactly what I got. Little or no cash. Right? So anyway, I set away, had to Canadianize that information. Did 18 deals in 18 months initially, oh. which kind of sounds impressive until you look at some of the deals. Some were good, some were absolute junk. Uh, mm-hmm. But I got i got very, very good at uh, marketing around real estate investing, especially in that in that way for marketing for motivated sellers, took a little bit of time off, started working in marketing for a big national seminar slash real estate company here in Canada, then got back into it, into your neck of the woods there, Alfonso, into real, into a rental real estate investing in 2010. And that's where I really discovered the importance of working with joint venture partners, investor partners, and raising capital. Because I was able to self finance my first couple of deals. And then guess what happened? Yep. What? I ran out of money, ran out of credit, <laughs> right? Yes. Just, that's exactly what happens to most people. So I had heard, because I've been around real estate a lot, if you wanna raise capital, you need to pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars, right? So I remember very, very vividly. I'd had this perfect, quote unquote, perfect deal on the go, perfect tenant buyers. We already had the property, I had it under contract, all I needed was an investor, was about 75,000 to buy this property. And it was, it was great. So I'd heard, okay, pick up the phone, start dialing for dollars, so that's what I did. And rejection, 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 and rejection, over and over and over again. Actually, it happened about five times. Then I said, you know what, I can't, my fragile ego cannot take this, so I quit dialing for dollars, right? It just, I couldn't handle it. Then I heard, you know what, you need to turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. So I belonged to several clubs around Caneloos at that time. So I ran out and I was doing all this networking type stuff or trying to do this. Doing it very poorly. Turning every conversation into real estate conversation. Basically getting a lot of weird looks and a lot of rejection as well. So I quit doing that because it wasn't working and my fragile ego couldn't handle it. So then I came up with a brainiac idea. I said, you know what? I know quite a few people. What if I put together a little deal package, a little PDF talking about how great this deal is. And I'll just email it to everybody. So I did that. And lo and behold, I started getting responses. I got excited because I saw some people <laughs> replying back to my email in my email inbox. My excitement quickly turned to dismay when I started opening up some of those emails because basically it was people saying, Dave, hey buddy, you know what? I haven't heard from you for five years or in some cases 10 years, or in some cases 20 years. And here you are saying, you're looking for money. Basically, all I did by spamming people that way was tick a lot of people off and shoot myself in the foot. So long story short, I ended up losing that deal, having to refund my tenant buyer all of their upfront option fee, uh, ticking off the seller big time, ticking off the realtors, the lawyer, everybody getting mud on my face because I was so clumsy about how I went about trying to raise capital. So that's when I decided, you know what? I got to figure this thing out. I'm not cut out for dialing for dollars. I'm not a great networker the normal stuff that you're supposed to be doing doesn't seem to be working for me. So that's when I decided, you know what, let's apply some marketing to this whole concept and let's figure out how to get potential investors reaching out to me instead of me always chasing after them. So that's kind of when I came across this whole, came up with over trial and time and trial and error, what I call my money partner formula. So there's a very, very long answer to a short question.
2: that's really insightful. And because I've been part of that two day event, I know that you've really refined this formula, but let's just say fast forward to now, what should somebody that's starting out do to not make all those mistakes that you made initially and piss off all of their people that they haven't talked to for 10 plus years? What do you recommend they do now? And I, this might be a lot, quite a long answer, but you've got so <laughs> many great tips and tricks. I was hoping that you could talk about that.
0: Well, yeah, I'm always happy to to show people kind of what, so I came up with basically a five-step process for this. And the first step is you really need to figure out who you want to focus on as your ideal investor partners. And a big mistake I see a lot of people making, uh, Sarah and Afonso, I'm sure you guys see this as well, is they, they come out of the gate and they just start pitching their deals to everybody and anybody with a pulse who will listen. Mm. And there's a big challenge with that. And the challenge is that if you go about this the wrong way, you can get into deep, deep trouble with your not so friendly Securities Commission. And mm. Ontario Securities Commission is especially unfriendly. So you've got to be really, really careful with that. Because here's my understanding, and KB it here I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a security specialist, I'm not an accountant. So uh, there's my disclaimer. But my understanding is, you know what, if you want to be raising capital from other people to invest in your deals, you have to be licensed to do so, to raise capital from the general public, right? So who's licensed? Stockbrokers are licensed, mutual fund salespeople, I mean, sorry, financial planners, they're licensed, insurance guys are, are licensed, mortgage brokers are licensed. Unless you're one of those, you're probably not. Unless you're raising capital for typically a big company, a bank, or an insurance company, or mortgage companies, that that kind of thing. If you're a little guy, mom and pop type real estate investor, if you're going directly to people that you don't know, then you're crossing the line with the Securities Commission and you're selling securities without a license, Mm. which we don't want to do, right? So we don't want to get in trouble. So a big thing I see people making a mistake there is they start advertising on Kijiji, they start putting it out there. Hey, another big mistake is they they put out numbers and they offered guarantees and stuff like that. So, big red flags. You don't want to do that because you don't want to get in trouble with the Securities Commission. So, what does that leave us? Well, it leaves us a few different options. If you're really, really big, you can go out and get offering memorandums and that sort of thing. But that's typically for much larger projects. And that's a lot of headaches and, and expense and paperwork to go through. Another thing we can focus on is focusing on accredited investors. And those are people who have a, a large net worth. Each province is a little bit different, but basically they're making 200 grand plus a year or 300 grand plus a year as a couple. And, or they've got a net worth of 5 million bucks, excluding their personal residence, a few different criteria. Bottom line, they got quite a bit of money. And so the government says, hey, there's an exception for these people. Obviously they're smart enough. They can invest their money where they want. So you can, you can have as many accredited investors as you want. The challenge is getting to them because mm-hmm. there aren't that many of them and everybody's taking a run at the credit investors. So what does that leave us? Well, that leaves us a little bit of gray area that's called your sphere of influence, people that you have a pre-existing relationship with. So friends, family, co-workers, close business associates, that sort of thing. So I'm gonna suggest for most people, that's where you wanna start. You want to create a list of people that you have that pre-existing relationship with. They know you, you know them, and guess what, in that list, there are probably a few people that have some money that if they, if you presented your opportunities to them in the right way, they would be inclined to invest with you. So that would be step number one. And again, you're right, this is a very, <laughs> I do I do two or three day workshops on this whole thing, but to give you guys the, the idea, you wanna create a list of prospective investors. My suggestion is to come up with a list of about 150 to 200 people, okay? And then here's the other big secret, and you guys might remember this, but chances are you need fewer investors than you think you do. So for example, Alfonso, when I was back in the day, when I was doing rent own I was doing it part-time, I wasn't nearly as serious as you guys are. Again, hats off, I think you just celebrated your 100th deal, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks
0: Dave. Yeah. Good job there. But when I was doing it, my goal was to do 12 deals a year, right? That was my goal. Initially I thought, well, 12 deals means I'm seventy-five dollars to $85,000 down payment per deal. Don't laugh, but that was the property prices here in, in Kamloops at the time. So I figured I needed 12 investors, right? Because 75, 85 grand, that's a fair chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, one investor would probably be able to do one deal. But what I didn't take into account was the fact that if you're doing a good job, your investor will probably reinvest with you, right? So they might come up with another that they didn't tell you they had in the first place and do another deal with you or when they finish a deal, they'll reinvest with you. And then the other thing I didn't take into account was the fact that you can get referrals from your current investors. So if you got current investors who are happy, you can get referrals to their friends and family who will probably want to invest with you as well. So I went from needing 12 investors to actually needing about six investors to do what I needed to do. And that's a lot easier to come up with than 12 investors. Would you agree? So so chances are your listeners need fewer money partners than they think they do. And if you just basically, you guys, if you just start with your cell phone, if you just go into your cell phone, look at your contacts, scroll to the bottom, you'll see how many people you have there. Export all your contacts from your cell phone. Export all your contacts from your email addresses from the Facebook, from the LinkedIn, wherever the Instagram, wherever they are, social media, export all of your contacts, get them all in one place, and then instead of having to come up with a list of 150 or 200 people, you start with a list of 1,000, and you whittle it down, and it's so much easier.
1: I really love the way that you break down the formula and really get to the numbers, because there's so many different contact lists that we have scattered throughout. Like you said, on the phone, the social media, even a few months ago, I accidentally signed up for a networking, like an online or like an app, and I haven't even used it, but I looked it up and I already have like 300 contacts on there of people that I may or may not have known. So, tapping into your own network, that was the one thing that I, I didn't do. I was always doing, I was always trying to reach out to like strangers at first, and that, because I didn't have that confidence at first that. I did these deals. Now it's a little bit different. Like you said, after so many deals, you feel a little bit more confident to go and talk to people. But what do you say to those people that say, all right, Dave, I'm going to reach out to those thousand people. I'm going to get that contact list, but I've never done a deal before, or I don't know what I'm doing. What do I, what's the answer that you give to them?
0: Well, that's good. So first of all, you don't reach out to the thousand people, right? So again, I got to really harp on that you want to narrow it down to a couple hundred people that you, you have that pre-existing relationship with. They know you. You know them. Okay. You know, if you bumped into the person on the street, they'd recognize you. You recognize them. You could have a nice conversation. So that's, that's important. Now, what to do if you're a brand new newbie and you're just getting started? Well, it's, it's the same process, actually, you guys. So the first thing you want to do is you actually want to avoid coming out of the gate with, Hey, it's Dave. I got a deal. Mm-hmm. Have you got any cash? right? Because you guys remember my story. That's exactly what I did. And that was the stupidest thing I could have done. So I want to help. Well, you guys are way ahead of the game, but help your listeners avoid making the dumb mistakes I made. So the first thing, and I'll get, I'll answer what newbies should do. The first thing you should do is you should reconnect with those couple of hundred people on a personal level first before you start talking business, right? So that means what I suggest people do is they, they send out a couple of communications create that list, create, get everybody's names and email addresses, and then start communicating with them non-business first. So what I usually recommend people do is they send out an email it's like something like, Hey, this is Dave. The chances are, it's been a while since we reconnected. Here's what I've been up to for the last few years. And then just kind of a, a little synopsis of, of what you and your family have been up to for the last three, four, five years and then you wrap it up with, well, that's enough about me, how about you? What have you been up to? I'd love to reconnect, just hit reply to this email and let's connect. Mm-hmm. And then people are gonna to respond to that, then you have a genuine connection, you go back and forth a little bit, get the conversation going. All right, three or four days after that, send out net, another message, I suggest you do a video version of that. Hey, it's Dave, here's what I've been up, thought I'd try something different, a little video message, here's what I've been up to, blah, 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 here's the family, the kids, there's what they're doing. Here's what I'm doing for work. Here's where I've been traveling. You know, just kind of a nice little reconnection. Then again, at the end, enough about me. How are you doing? Please hit reply and let's catch up. Okay, send that out and then reply to everybody who connects with you. And then the last one is what I call the heads up or the transition message. Say, hey, it's Dave. It's been good reconnecting with you. I want to let you know I want to do a better job of staying in touch. Let you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Then you you let, give them the heads up that you're going to start Communicating about real estate, and that way you're not going direct to them. Does that make sense? So, newbies. To answer your question, so in a very roundabout way, sorry, but but it's important that, that that people do things the right way, right? Because it's so it's so painful if you screw this up. So do it the right way. If you're a newbie, do not fake it till you make it. Okay, that's everybody hears that. Fake it till you make it. Well, here's the thing: when you're trying to raise capital. When you're working with investor partners, their bullshit meters are on high, right? If you're trying to get somebody to invest a hundred grand with you, they're justifiably gonna want to do some due diligence on you. So if you fake it till you make it, you're gonna get found out and you're gonna be justifiably labeled as a bullshit artist, right? And who wants to invest with somebody who's a bullshitter? Nobody, right? So here's what you can do instead. You don't have to harp on the fact that you've never done a deal before, but you feature somebody else's deal and say, this is the example of the kind of deals we're going to be doing, right? You don't claim that it's your own. You say, well, so for example, if I were doing, if I were a brand new newbie doing rent-owned deals and you and I had a good relationship, Alfonso, I'd say, Alfonso, would you mind if I borrowed one of your deals to use as a case study with my potential investors? Mm -hmm. And we had a good relationship. You might say, okay. So I would borrow one of your deals. I say, well, this, this is an example of the kind of deals we're doing. This is what my buddy Alfonso's done and here's how it worked out. Here's what the numbers are. Here's how it all works out. This is exactly what we're going to be doing as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: great advice. Yeah. And then your first couple of deals, you might have to skew it a lot more in the favor of the investor partners, because quite frankly, they're taking a risk on you. You're an unknown entity at this time. You haven't done a deal. So, even just to get the ball rolling, even if you had to give up 75% of the deal to get her done, then the next time you can go out to your investor and you say, here's a deal that I've done, and this is your deal, right? Even if you're not making a heck of a lot of money, you've gained some experience and some credibility, and that is legitimately your deal. Does that answer the question? Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: It's, so it's a great answer. So usually when somebody started, let's just, they're starting out, let's just say they don't have the money. And this partner says, yeah, sure. I have the money. I'll have a hundred thousand dollars. Let's do this deal, but I can't hold the mortgage. So are you looking for a partner that can do both initially? Or what if that person can't hold a mortgage? Would you say, okay, well, we need a financing partner. We need a money partner. And then there's an active partner. And how is, how would that look like?
0: Well, really, it all depends on what kind of deals you guys are doing. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. Some people are focusing on single family homes. Others are multifamily properties. Bottom line, I would say, I would suggest when you're starting. So let's say you're doing single family homes because that's kind of what most people are starting out with. I would suggest your first financing partner should be yourself or your money partner. So when I back, so for example, back in the day when I finally got it in gear with with the rent-to-own thing, we were focusing on single family homes. I would have my money partners come in and qualify for the financing and have the cash. So they did both, right? That was just the way the deal worked. I didn't even have—I didn't really quite understand the idea that you could have somebody with the cash and somebody else with the credit and smush everything together and make it work. I wasn't that smart. So that's the way I did in the first place. Nowadays, you can do it, but here's here's where it gets a little challenging. The, The more cooks in the kitchen, the bigger the chance is that you're going to screw up the recipe. So. My whole idea is the fewer people involved, better, right? And mm-hmm. if you get a financing partner on board, it's just one more piece of the puzzle that you have to come up with.
1: And that's and I think and it's and it's always a constant, right? You're always looking for partners. You're always looking for deals. That's what I always say. I in our business too. There's always two funnels that you're trying to keep full. So as you're building those that network, and, and to circle back to like that, the newbie, don't fake it till you make it. I, I had. And I was really fortunate when early on in one of the meetings that I had. The, the realtor said, Listen, I'm not, it's not that I don't trust you. I just, I want to know what's going to happen if stuff goes sideways. Who, How is it going to be taken care of? We want to Not, wanna
0: not know. if, when.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not if. Yeah, when. What's going to happen? Who's going to be taken care of? I want somebody that has that experience that can go there. So I think that's the important part as well, too, is again, back to mm-hmm. the network of people that we build on that you can go and reach out to somebody that has done it, that have walked those steps where you don't necessarily have the answer, but you know somebody that might, and if they don't, maybe they know somebody that does, right? So, yeah. So I guess- The
0: the network is so important. You're absolutely right, Alfonso. But here's the other thing I need to remind you two about, because you're both rock stars, right? So you got to remember, most people that are getting into real estate investing, they're not planning to do 100 deals, right? That's outside of their frame of reference. Most people, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most people are looking to get three, four, five properties in their portfolio, create that little, it's actually pretty significant, pension helper for when they retire kind of thing. Most people are not doing this at the level that you are. So the good news is most people don't need that many investors to accomplish their goals. Mm -hmm. Somebody at your level, yeah, you got to be constantly looking for money partners because you've got such a high volume of deals. So you're at, yeah, at a little bit higher level than, than everybody else there. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: and that's what it was leading to the question of we went through obviously we went through the boot camp. We had the fortune. If you haven't done one of Dave's boot camps, I highly recommend it. Get in contact with Dave and find that. But how often are you doing this? So you send out that first run, you whittle that first that first list down. How often are you reaching out to find that money partner? Is it as often as you have deals or or how are you doing that?
0: Very, very good question. So that's really important. That's another one of the steps in this five step process is what I call the three C's constant, consistent communication, right? So at rock bottom minimum, you have to be communicating with people in your list at least once a month. Okay. That's absolute minimum. Ideally you're communicating with people once a week. Okay. And it's not all pitchy stuff. It's not all, Hey, I got a deal. Give me some money. Right. It's, Educational marketing—you're letting them know there's so many different things you can do. My favorite thing is our video logs, right? So you just do a little short, little video message, two to five minutes long max, and you just kind of talk about a little something to do with real estate investing. So it could be your strategy. So, for example, Sarah, I believe you're you're focused on buying properties, renovating them, holding on to them, renting them out, getting refinanced, pulling your cash. That. Brrr, yes right that's yes. that's what you're doing so if i were you following this process i would be doing a little weekly video and you could have a whole you could do 10 of those just on the big benefits of the burr mm-hmm. strategy, right And you don't want to go into too much depth because again most of our prospective investors are not that interested in real estate i know that's hard for us to believe because we're all real estate fans but most of the people that invest with us are probably doing their own thing and they're just looking for a better place to put their money that's gonna get them a better return on their investment. And when they clue into you and they realize you know what they're, you're talking about and you got a good strategy and it's a solid asset, then they're gonna feel more comfortable about investing with you than in mutual funds, for example. Okay, But you have to do that constant, consistent educational marketing, not so much to overly educate them about what you're doing, but so that you show them that you know what the heck you're talking about. Does that make sense? Right. Down, Reader's Digest level, but you could easily do 10, 12, 20 short little videos about your particular strategy. In your case, Alfonso, rent Easy. I mean, you, it'd be easy to chunk that down into 10, 20 videos about that. Then bang, once a week, everybody's getting a little, or once a month, if you if you don't have that much, everybody's getting a communication from you. And little by little, that really helps them gain trust in you. Because again, if they're Somebody going to invest hundred grand with you. They need to know you, like you, and trust you. Right? Those are the, those are the three big things.
1: Was that Zig Ziglar that said that? I think maybe Who not. Knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a
0: lot of smart things, but that's been around for a long time. Yeah. So know you, like you, trust you. Good thing is when we go into our sphere of influence, they already know us. Theoretically, they already like us. Now we really just have to be working on that trust factor. Yeah. And that's where that constant, consistent communication comes from, and also being able to present your opportunities in a good way as well in in an effective manner
2: absolutely so you know obviously we could keep talking to you for hours and hours and this is essentially a two-day course but you're going to be doing a webinar with the right club and potentially i think another two-day course can we touch on that and what that's going to entail
0: well good so hopefully this is coming out before then (laughs) but yeah we're going to be doing a webinar just let me uh check on my on my calendar, we're going to be doing a webinar for the Right Club on Thursday, March the 28th. That's when we're doing that webinar. And uh, hopefully we can have the, the link in the notes section with this because I got a new URL for that, but I promptly forgot what it was. I think rightclubclass.com, I think is what I got for that. Rightclubclass.com. And yeah, so I'm going to be doing a about a 75-minute presentation called How to Raise Capital Without Rejection, where I'll flesh out a lot more of what we've been talking about on today's webinar. And then after that, I'll be doing a one-day workshop in Toronto, following that up, if people are interested in getting the full-on experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we still talk to some of the members that have come out and and been to your boot camp and they've enacted some of the the strategies that we learned over that weekend and they've gained success and found investors. So it's invaluable. Definitely get on the webinar, get out to, and he's coming to Toronto. He's come from out West. He's coming out East. So get out there and see Dave. You've been a huge supporter of our group of the Right Club and we want to thank you. And at this time, I want to ask if you're ready for the lightning round.
0: Well, hit me up. didn't send me the lightning round questions ahead of time, so it'll, it'll be a surprise. So yeah, let's, well, let's Yeah, do. well, we never do. <laughs> That's, That's
2: the fun part of it. It's a surprise. So only those that listen to the episodes to the end will know the questions because they're the same questions everybody gets. But this is a fairly new podcast. So, it, I mean, it's just really been out for the last <laughs> three weeks at this point. Yeah. So question number one, Dave, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: Well, God, I've gotten so much good advice. I, I, you know what? I think it would be an example is what I got. And the best example I ever got was from July Ono. And July is an amazing real estate investor based out of Vancouver who started from scratch and built up her portfolio at over 500 doors in a fairly short period of time. And she's an amazing networker. So I met <laughs> I met her way back when when I was first getting started. So I was one of those, I was a schmuck that was out at all these networking things and I was here's my card. Can I have your card? And, you know, doing all just clumsy, very, very clumsy about this. And I get a whole swack of cards and do absolutely nothing with them. Right. I have a shoebox full of cards. I met July. We were at a T Harvecker event. I can remember, you know, we we're breaking boards or doing some karate thing or a rah, rah, motivate yourself thing. And I met her amongst a group of 800 people and she said, Hey Dave. Yeah. So we exchanged cards and she said, it's okay if I give you a call next week. I said, sure. So sure enough, the next week, you know, two or three days later, I get a call from July. July says, hey, Dave, it's July. We met at this event a few days ago. Just want to reconnect. We had a nice little conversation. Would you mind if I added you to my list? I sent out a little monthly electronic newsletter. I said, sure. So she did. And every month without fail since 2003, I have got a communication from July owner. It's no coincidence that when I first met her, she had like three doors in her portfolio and now she's liquidating a portfolio of 525 doors right now. She's wow. done, she's there, right? She's, awesome. she's reached the dream that we all had when we first got into real estate investing. No awesome. coincidence. Yeah. So that was the best lesson I ever got from a networking thing.
1: Cool, cool, all right. Question number two of the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource?
0: You may, besides the right club, that's that's the obvious answer. (laughs) My favorite real estate investing resource, you know what? I don't have a single one. There are so many out there. The rain is phenomenal. Your local real estate investment club is phenomenal. I mean, what you guys do is amazing. I've just got a, you can't see it, but I've got a bookshelf, kind of like what Zara's got there, just not as neat and tidy, with a gazillion different books in there. I try to focus on, I suggest people focus on Canadian real estate books first, if you're investing in Canada, that's because that's, there's a slight difference between how it works here and in the States. So, I mean, there's a, Don Campbell's written some amazing books, uh, Rain is a great resource, but the bottom line is probably the best resource people can get is their their sphere of influence, their, their, their connections. So if you want it, for example, if somebody wants to be doing rent own, they need to know a guy like Alfonso, who's actually in the trenches doing that, right? get to know that person. If somebody wants to do burr, they need to know somebody like Sarah and work with Sarah or get to know her, work for free for her or hire her, whatever it is. But it's find the people in your area that are doing what you want to be doing and who are successful at it and connect with them. There's, there's so much more value in that than just reading a book.
2: Great, great, great insight. Question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful?
0: Pig headed persistence. That
1: nice. That's a good one. All right. And the last question of the lightning round. So, you've been kind enough to share your time with us this Sunday morning, but on a typical Sunday morning, what are you doing?
0: I am making a pancake brunch for the family. That's typically what I'm doing. So, it's kind of our, our time to get together, and uh, my son, and my wife, and my daughter, and sometimes some of the friends get together and I cook. A pancake brunch—that's kind of a, a Sunday thing.
1: Wow! All right. Well, He's then. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the next course we're going to have to talk about. We we'll see if we can get a pancake station or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying to get skinny, so I got to. I've had to figure out how to do keto-friendly pancakes. Oh, gotcha! Good, gotcha! Though. Awesome! Awesome! Okay, awesome.
1: awesome.
2: I was actually reading some recipes so I can get my chef to make some pancakes for next week. And I'm like, can you make some like rice pancakes? I don't, I mean, I saw them I, when I was looking on Instagram, just put like healthy breakfast options. It looked really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's nice,
1: nice. Well, Dave, we want to thank you for your time. How can our listeners, obviously, they can get to the Right Club website and find you through there, but how else can they find you?
0: Well, they can go to daveduboe.com. And if they want, they can download a complimentary copy of my newest book, The Money Partner Formula. It's a pre-release copy, so it's a PDF, but they can get that there. And that goes much more into depth into what we were talking about today. They can check things out there. They can attend one of my weekly boardroom briefings where I do a little live demo of how this whole thing works. Or better yet, I'd love to see them when I come out to Toronto.
2: Amazing. And any final last words of advice for our Right Club Nation listeners?
0: Probably a broken record here. I'm sure a lot of your guests have said this, but you know what? It's, there's a time for learning and there's a time for taking action. Now's the time to start taking action. You can get stuck with analysis paralysis. A lot of people do. It's get it in gear and actually start doing something. That's the biggest piece of advice I have.
1: Awesome. That's great, Dave. And thank you again for your continued support of The Right Club. And we look forward to seeing you very soon. Thanks awesome, again.
2: Guys. Thanks, Dave. Great interview. Thank you. Wow, there is so much information.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We would have to lengthen these podcasts because, yeah, that was like a little shot of what we got from that two-day course and going through that. And it was just jogging my memory of some of the stuff that we had learned in that weekend. But uh, yeah, Dave is full of information. And and for those people that have yet to start or maybe hit that ceiling of financing, there's ways to do it, to go out there and contact the people already in your contact list that you know. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like you said, pull up your cell phone. How many contacts do you have in there right
2: absolutely I think money is not as hard to find as people think I mean I do have offers I, I I'm open to joint ventures I could, I could still do deals on my own of course but I'm open to joint ventures for me it actually has to be the right partner but I think it's a great opportunity to, to scale and to get more I mean look at you I, I see like a, a hundred behind you like the sign that says a hundred so because you've got your hundredth deal and mm-hmm. you know you've done it through raising capital and using private money joint venture partners i mean congrats to you and you're applying a lot of the items and the things that he's mentioned to really grow your business i mean this year like how many did you get this year versus like last year as an example
1: yeah like in 2018 it was uh, 36 36 properties in 2018 and and you know as we're approaching hitting the in the 100 mark we have a lot more in the pipeline but it's true it's it's with those joint venture partners that we were able to scale it and grow it And you know what? A funny thing that he said is you don't need as many investors as you think. And yeah, even with 100 properties, there's not 100 joint venture partners, but there's still a significant amount, 50, 60, multiple deals, and and then they refer people. So it's tough to get the momentum going. But once you do get it going, don't stop. Keep it going. And you never know. You're always going to be, you're educating, you're explaining to joint venture partners. You have to understand what their wants and needs are as well too. So yeah, Dave's class goes through it. He, he tried to go through it as quickly as he could in the podcast. We hope there was some value, but these are the type of people that we get to meet and talk to through the Right Club podcast, through the Right Club, the live events that have done it. They have done it. There's no excuse why you can't. I don't want to say that. I can't say that enough. Yeah, there's no excuse to go out there. Money is a resource. It's there. People have it. People want to invest it. It's just making them feel safe and secure about it, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the the right club, I mean, we've got about 200 people that come out. There's definitely lenders that are looking to just lend out their money. I can think of a handful off the top of my mind that don't want to actually be the active partner, but they're looking for people to partner with and to be able to join venture with and they want to just be the money partner. So there's definitely lots of people that come out to The Right Club, guys. If you haven't been there, come out. Everybody that comes out for the first time will get free pass. They just need to go to therightclub.com email us. My email is Sarah at therightclub.com or Alfonso at rightclub.com. It's really cool that we get to interview all these awesome investors on our show and just like decide exactly what questions we want to ask and what we, you know, selfishly. It's really helping us learn all these these strategies and all the really cool different insights that everybody has on the show.
1: Absolutely. And we hope that we're providing value to, to you, the listeners. And if there's somebody that you want to that you want to have on the podcast, or you think would be a good guest on the podcast, or if you want to be on the podcast, we want to share those experiences. We want to keep encouraging you that it is possible. People are doing it today, tomorrow. It's not, oh, because the market five years ago was this or that. No, people are actively doing it today. So yeah, please send us your feedback, review, rate our podcast. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to continually improve this and make it a better experience for for you, the listeners. With that being said, Sarah, I don't know if there's anything else.
2: Yeah, there is actually one of the things that I would say is thank you. Like I'm just looking at our ratings and reviews right now. And we've got some some great, great comments. And I just wanted to read a couple of them. Because we want to we want to thank everybody for these awesome reviews. And if you haven't left one yet, please do so like we'd love to hear from you guys. So this one here I'm going to read is from Kim Jones. Thanks for the great content. It's awesome to hear from people doing business in the local area. I look forward to listening to future episodes. That was from wow. Kim Jones. Thank you. And just a couple other ones. And Calvin Hoons sent us one great podcast to share and showcase what other investors are doing. Sarah and Alfonso have done a fantastic job of truly helping others grow. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, and another one, yeah, another Calvin. one from Brett. I'm just going to read a few and then maybe we'll just do that each time just for because sure. we want to thank you guys for doing that. So this is Brett's SN14. Every show carries through the same themes, but the guests are so different that you get such a varied selection of information. So that was from Brett. Thank you, Brett.
1: Yeah, and and that's that's a great comment. And I think it was at, uh, at the last event, just before the networking break, I had kind of asked our attendees, asked the members to, to kind of say different strategies, just the different things that they've worked on. And I think that was like 15, 20 strategies deep that different people were screaming out different things. So there's there's a way for you. If you don't like rent-to-own, if you don't like Burr, you don't like the malt. There's other ways, there's other things out there to go and do it and and to take that. But make sure that you select that path, you go down that path and you really go and, and, and learn and learn from the people that are doing what you want to be doing. So
2: Absolutely. Cool. So with that said, thanks so much and see you guys next week.
1: Bye, guys.